Blog Talk Radio. Pop Help Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by Health Innovation Media, monitoring and informing the journey to a sustainable healthcare economy. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of the show. And in the virtual studio, as always, is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder of Pop Health Week. Hey, Fred. Hello, Greg. Beautiful week to be doing another show. And are you in Jacksonville today? I sure am, and I assume you're in San Diego, correct? And you got that right. So now, if you're not familiar with Fred, he's a veteran healthcare executive and president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville-based Florida consulting firm, and past chair and current board member of the Population Health Alliance. He is known on Twitter as at F.S. Goldstein. His experience spans hospital and health system administration, HMO General Management, and is the founder of a disease management company. My background includes thought leadership consulting for hospitals, health systems, capitated medical groups, IPAs, PHOs, and MSOs. I publish and principally author ACOWatch.com, HealthInnovationMedia.com, and most recently, PrecisionMedicine.Center. Please follow me on Twitter via at2healthguru. Today, we continue coverage of issues in the emerging population health space, including evidence-based best practices with key thought leaders, innovators, academicians, and best-in-class vendors. Our very special guest today on Pop Health Week is Al Lewis, the CEO of Quizify. According to the website Quizify, Al wears, quote, multiple hats, both professionally and also to cover his bald spot. As an author, he critically acclaimed and critically acclaimed best-selling uh, book on outcomes measurement, Why Nobody Believes the Numbers, chronicling and exposing the innumeracy of the health management field. And it was named uh, in 2012 Healthcare Book of the Year by Forbes. Also, Cracking Health Costs, How to Cut Your Company's Health Costs and Provide Employees Better Care, released in 2013, was also a trade best seller. His 2014 Surviving Workplace Wellness, co-authored with his colleague, Vic Khanna, has also received great accolades and excerpts have appeared in Harvard Business Review and elsewhere. As a consultant, Al is widely acclaimed for his expertise in population health outcomes and strategy, and in 2013 was named one of the unsung heroes changing healthcare forever. As a validator of outcomes, he has been able to obtain gold standard certification for many of his clients and Quizify from the Intel Care Innovations Validation Institute. So with that brief introduction, Fred, over to you. Help us get to know Al. Thank you so much, Greg. And Al, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you, Al. And uh, it's been a couple months since I saw you up in Boston. And uh, why don't you give the audience a little bit of background? Obviously, I've known you for quite a long time. You've been in the field for quite a while. 
Tell us a little bit about your background in disease management, wellness, how you kind of got into it. Well, uh, you have to uh, climb into the Wayback Machine and, and set the dial to 1995. Uh, I got laid off or actually uh, ousted was the word that got used in the newspaper from my position uh, running a company after um, after a merger and started casting around for something to do and, and stumbled onto disease management. Uh, if you if you Google, you'll find that I get credited with quote unquote inventing disease management, which I did not do, but you know, far be it for me to argue with Google. Uh, and then as, as you know, Fred, because uh, you were there practically from the get go, was the founder of the organization that, uh, that you were past chair of, originally the Disease Management Association of America and now the Population Health uh, Alliance. And uh, when disease management was growing very quickly, I used to put a lot of deals together, and uh, it was a great business. I got challenged by, um, well, I won't say the name on the air, but you probably remember who it was. It was an actuary friend of ours who's a good guy, and he said that um, that my numbers uh, weren't adding up, and his idea was that uh, that I wasn't showing enough savings and that uh, the methodology that should be used was called prospective identification or something like that. So I did his methodology against mine and found that in fact, uh, his methodology showed much more savings than mine, but mine in fact showed much more savings than really took place. So I, um, I realized I'd been accidentally telling people that this was much better than it was and that created a, a whole new business for me in what I call the integrity segment of the market, which is um, looking into outcomes, making sure things are done validly. That's what led to the books. And that's what actually uh, indirectly led to Quizify, and, uh, which, is where, which is where I am today, running Quizify. Uh, Quizify, should I just jump into Quizify, Fred, or did you have Go any right follow-up ahead. questions? Go okay, right Quizify, ahead. we call it... Uh, we call it Jeopardy meets Health Benefit Education meets Comedy Central. We've taken what one needs to know about health literacy, healthcare utilization, everything that a consumer, not everything, but a lot of stuff that a consumer needs to know, and packaged it into these sort of fun little trivia contests that employees take over a period of a year uh, so they can learn how to, uh, how to better manage their health and, better, and more importantly, how to access the healthcare system. So you've spent the past couple of maybe a decade now really hammering people on their outcomes and in essence, you know, getting the industry to at least begin to take a look at, at what it's doing and whether it works or not. Where, where have you landed on this at, at the end of the day? Are there programs that work? Well, you know, uh, I have hunted the, the actual validation over to the Intel Care Innovations Validation Institute, which uh, takes us very seriously. Uh, Intel would shut them down in a heartbeat if they ever put their finger on the scale. Uh, and there is one company, uh, U.S. Medicine, which has achieved the validation. So that's the good news. Um, and their, their information is right on the site. You can look at their wellness-sensitive medical events uh, declining. The bad news is that means there's about 1,000 that haven't. And it is, it is such a rarity to be able to do this that I actually, I actually offer a reward to people who, can, who, who, who could demonstrate that wellness has saved money over the last 15 years for the, uh, for the country as a whole. 
And when you're looking at wellness, and I mean, that term can be used in so many different ways and obviously is throughout the industry in healthcare. You're really talking about this upfront, upstream stuff of maintaining and improving one's health versus chronic disease management or the broader population health type programs? Uh, yes. In fact, let's distinguish a couple of things. First, there's, I would call wellness, uh, these, these, there, there's two types of wellness. We'll get to that. But let's first distinguish the, this chronic disease management from wellness. Chronic disease management is working with people who are already diagnosed. I, I do actually think there's a modest ROI there. Uh, Rand would agree with that. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a modest ROI, but the people who really are looking for help really appreciate it. So I, I kind of leave that one, you know, that one stands on its own. Uh, it's not going to make or break uh, the, a company's healthcare spending for a year, but the employees appreciate it. So that brings us into wellness. And there's, I tend to divide that into two categories. One is wellness done to employees and one is wellness done for employees. Wellness done to employees, I refer to them as pry, poke, and prod programs. Um, they, they line you up and poke you with needles. They pry into your private life with health risk assessments, and then they prod you to go to the doctor when they're not sick. And those are the ones that, that statistically speaking, you have about a one in a thousand chance of succeeding with. Uh, you know, U.S. preventive medicine has succeeded. A thousand vendors haven't. That brings us to wellness done for employees. Um, and which also goes under the name of well-being, uh, and it's kind of like a culture of health. There's a distinction between well-being slash wellness for employees and culture of health, which is culture of health really needs to start from the top and really needs to involve the whole organization. Um, well-being and wellness done for employees can be done at the uh, human resources level. And, and so, so you, so you think that you can take a wellness program then that's put in with the employees being engaged and actively participating and setting it up and determining what might work and how to make these things go and looking at it actually without senior executive support can work. Uh, well, it, the thing is, it, it ends up being certain things that you do. You, you know, as a, as a human resources person, you can take the money that you were spending on, um, you know, some vendor and and reallocate it toward doing things that employees, you know, would like to do. I mean, you can you can use it for cafeteria subsidies. I was just reading today about. There's one company that charges, you know, uh, two dollars for a, you know, a tofu burger and seven dollars, or maybe it was five. I don't know, you know, for a cheeseburger. So you can kind of nudge your employees to making better choices. You can have, you know, fruit and, and raw vegetables and stuff. Uh, you can encourage them to, you know, to ride a bike to work. Even even finance uh, help the local municipality put in bike paths. You can do what Healthways does. They have their own garden down there that they that they get food from the cafeteria from there's a lot of stuff you can do that 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 people just either they want to do it or else they're just not involved at all there's no concept of if you don't do it somehow there's a penalty so there's 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 nothing really uh, wrong with the concept it's how it's done that is the problem from your mind well it, it's a very bright line between uh, you know, making people do stuff and giving them the opportunity 
to do things or even just creating an environment where they want to go to work in the morning. Um, so it is a pretty bright line. Um, you know, you see things like uh, a work, you know, we got to test, uh, for instance, here's a really good gray area. Okay. So um, you don't want people to smoke. You have a smoking differential um, and you really want people not, not, not to smoke. Um, so the question is, do you, do you force everybody to get tested for nicotine or do you take their word for it? You know, I don't have an answer to that, but that would be a gray area because suddenly you're forcing people to do something versus encouraging them to do something. And it's the same activity. Right. I mean, that's a difficult one, as I believe I wrote in one of the blog posts. You know, there, there are cases now where people actually claim they're smokers so that they can claim they quit. So they can get the incentive for having quit smoking. Obviously, it's not very good if it's a premium differential, but if it's a dollar incentive that you can pick up. So, that, as you said, there are problems one way with testing for it, the other way with not. And and yeah. getting, uh, actually, testing, Fred, go ahead. Fred, on that point, let's use the weight loss example because that one I don't actually think is a gray area. I, I'm completely, utterly opposed to these biggest loser contests. Uh, it's partly kind of for the reason you just gave for the smoking, although it's even worse because, you know, if you binge and then crash diet, that's just, that's not like claiming you had, a, you know, you weighed a certain amount and then claiming you don't. You're literally doing stuff to your body. And, oh, I'm sorry about that. Let me stuff this thing under here. You're literally <laughs> doing stuff to your body uh, in order to get this thing. And in fact, uh, I suspect that there's some people out buying actual drugs uh, that can help you to lose weight just to get to the end of the contest. So I'd like to take those off the table altogether. Yeah, I think that I think as as the information came out about the Biggest Loser program and the impact on their bodies from going through that and never quite recuperating and getting their their metabolism back up, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about that. But obviously, it's a major issue. Let's take that a little bit to also that next area that you've commented a lot on, which is testing. You know, you talk about this poke mentality. And there are standards around testing. You, you know, we have an issue with millions of people being pre-diabetic and perhaps not being aware of that. Where should, the, in your mind, the testing be? Well, I, I, that's a great question, Fred. And I'm a big believer in testing according to the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force guidelines and, and even deviating from them a little bit if you have a really good reason. So I was at the Midwest Business Group on Health a, a couple of weeks ago, and after my presentation, there was a, uh, a panel, and one of the panelists, uh, Sandra Morris, uh, I'm sure you know her, uh, formerly of, of Procter & Gamble, said, you know, I had uh, a bunch of problems with skin cancer, and I, I really like to be testing, you know, testing for skin cancer. And I had actually originally thought several months earlier that skin cancer was already covered by the USPSTF, but it, it, I looked it up, at, fortunately, before this meeting, and it turned out that they give it an in, you know, incomplete, not enough information. So, I, you know, I said at this panel, I said, if your company is located in a very sunny climate or if you have a, the kind of industry where people are outside a lot, then that would be a reason to deviate from the USPSTF guidelines. But otherwise, stick to the guidelines. And the reasons that I've heard for not sticking to the guidelines, aside from Sandra's, have been horrible reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think that you know, the guidelines clearly are the best way to go at it. It's interesting. I guess the, the cancer one is your annual uh, skin exam. 
Is that what you were trying to get covered? Well, uh, yes, and I, I, I get one every year. Um, As do I. You, <laughs> well, yes, you're in a sunny place, and you know I spend too much time outdoors. I was shocked when I went to their website and found it was getting an eye for, for inconclusive. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Well, let's talk about, obviously, you, there, there is an area and there are programs that can be successful. Um, and you started a company in this space, which makes it, of, as an outsider looking at what you've done, say, okay, he must believe there are ways to solve this problem. So tell us how, how you believe Quizify solves that issue or ha- generates a return on investment. Well, it, it solves the issue. Well, first of all, it doesn't necessarily solve. You had mentioned before about all the pre-diabetics. It, it actually turns out if you track the uh, inpatient diagnoses for diabetes over the last 15 years, since people started talking about all the pre-diabetics, they've actually trended down a little bit. Uh, so, you know, we have diabetes on the radar screen. We've got questions about weight control and lots of questions about hidden sugar and how to avoid sugar and that kind of thing. That's not how we get the ROI. But because, well, let me ask you a question before you go there, Al, because you, you brought up something and said that the hospitalizations have gone down. My assumption would be that the costs for medical care outside of hospitalizations and other services associated with people with diabetes has gone up. Oh, without question, it's gone up. Uh, so there a is, lot of that, so if you could keep yeah. people from getting it, you would get an ROI, even though it might not impact hospitalizations. Uh, that's a that's a huge if because and 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 I do not want to um, you know put Quizify or any vendors say that they can keep people from getting diabetes because if if you look at the uh, vendors that have actually won the C. Everett Coop Award, which are presumably the best vendors. Uh, and let's take the most recent, McKesson. McKesson won a Coop Award, and their glucose, their average glucose went up, and their average BMI went up for their employees. So, and, and, then, and if you go back for the last six or seven Coop Awards, trivial reductions in BMI uh, or, or uh, glucose. If the best companies can't do this, the alleged best companies, it probably can't be done. So we at Quizify focus on, frankly, on other things. I mean, we, we do have questions mm-hmm. about this. We, we like to be like Jeopardy and have questions all over the map, but we're mostly focused on overutilization and how to avoid things that without question you don't want to be doing. Um, you can just go to the website. and So give some can, examples. Well, uh, for instance, you know those heartburn pills that people take every night, even though the label says you're only supposed to take them for two weeks, like Nexium? Uh-huh. widely prescribed drug. It turns out that there are terrible complications that people are just finding out about now from taking these drugs for long periods of time, you know, malnutrition and osteoporosis and heart attacks and all sorts of stuff you wouldn't expect. As our research director says, these are weapons grade pharmaceuticals. They're going to have a lot of collateral damage. You read these things, you, you answer a couple of trivia questions about this, this kind of drug, and, and oh my goodness, I think I better go back to Tums or Zantac. So that's an immediate savings where some, you don't have to change behavior. People will change their own behavior. You know, another one is the well woman visits, pelvic exams. Even the gynecology society doesn't think women should be getting those. When they're asked, they say, well, you know, we've always done them. They're a good way to build a relationship. Yeah, right. A good way to build a relationship with them. I don't want to go there. But if I'm a woman, I don't think that's a good way to build a relationship. 
So you target these areas of potential cost, and then by educating the individual about that, they'll change their behavior is the assumption. Uh, they, they, they don't have to change a lot of behaviors. There's so much, so much overutilization, uh, inappropriate utilization in this country. If we can just get a small number of people to change a small number of behaviors, the price of Quizify is pretty low. We got a two-to-one ROI, and we actually guarantee it. We put our, our John Hancocks on the bottom line. If you don't get your two-to-one ROI measured, by the way, valid, either validly according to the Validation Institute or however else you want to measure. We almost don't care how you measure. We will get that two-to-one ROI, or we turn off the billing feature in our, in our Quicken, and you get to keep the, the product until you finally do get the two-to-one ROI. And so I know you started up. That's so right now. In essence, you've got this guarantee. That's a validated guarantee. You know, the methodology is correct. And you're now with your since you've just ramped this up, you're going to start measuring these outcomes and, and uh, see if you can generate those yeah. in that first year. And, and I'll be perfectly honest. One of the, as I always say, one of the downsides of being in the integrity segment is that you have to tell the truth. Okay. We do not have enough data to know if we're going to hit those guarantees. We have great anecdotal data that says that we will, mm -hmm. and we don't have to do a lot to hit them, but I would be absolutely fibbing if I said we absolutely know for certain it's a guarantee. On the other hand, I do know for certain that wellness vendors are going to lose money, so we're already ahead of the game there. Right, and, and so your belief in this is that you've empowered the consumers, and they're going to, in essence – reduce some of this unnecessary services. Do you think there's enough power there to tame healthcare cost inflation or to really generate some changes for the companies and their costs? You know, when uh, we've seen other big purchases? Uh, the, the short answer is, is no. Uh, Quizify by itself will not make a humongous uh, difference. And in fact, um, you know, it's, it's bad form to quote from your own book. So I only do it for this one thing, but there's a line in the book that says everything in healthcare has an 80, everything in life has an 80, 20 rule in healthcare. The 80, 20 rule is that 80% of the time there is no 80, 20 rule. Okay. So Quizify will make an improvement. Um, uh, centers of excellence will make an improvement. There are things, uh, you know, if you, if you price shop, you'll make it a, and actually come to think of it, I think some data just came out of Harvard university, uh, that said that people who use pricing apps weren't saving money, but right. let's, let's assume that somehow it is possible to do that. They, you know, it's, 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 it's a million small, th not a million, but it's, it's 50 small things that you do um, that are going to make a difference. Right. It, it, most recently, Fred, what I just learned, I haven't even published this yet. I was, you would never ever guess uh, in a million years what, by far the number one diagnosis code for inpatient is in the country, which is also by far the fastest growing and the growth has been accelerating. You would never guess. If you want, you can take a guess, but well, I don't want to embarrass you. Go, go right ahead and shock us all. It's, uh, it's septicemia. Okay. So people are, um, people are, are getting bacterial infections at a rate at the, uh, seven times what they got them at, 15 years ago, but there's not a, a vendor, a wellness vendor in the country that's even noticed this, let alone doing anything about it. Now, at Quizify, we've just added a bunch of questions to help people identify uh, potential in infections that, that uh, you know, can go southbound them in a hurry. 
But on the other hand, a lot of this is going to be taking place once someone is already in the hospital. So we can't solve everything at Quizify. We can probably make some reduction there, but that's a lot more reduction than anyone else is making. Right. And I, I, I know that, that you dropped the good name of Harvard and, uh, and talked about their one study. They're also working with you at Quizify. How are they, they working with you? Yes. Well, thank you for teeing that one up for me, Fred. Uh, Harvard Medical School. Harvard Medical School. Um, we have a, a relationship with them, and all the material that we come up with for our quizzes and for our in-depth modules on things like spinal fusions and wisdom teeth removal. All that material is reviewed by doctors at Harvard Medical School, and we're, we are allowed to put their shield, the Harvard Medical School shield, uh, right on the questions. We're the only vendor that can do that. And there are actually, frankly, even a few questions that we write that we disagree with them on, but you know, 99% of our questions uh, have their seal of approval. Well, that's, that, that's really great to know that, that, that I, I respect you a lot, Al, but, but to know that there are actual clinicians out there looking at what's right, going on. Right. I, I can't tell you, breath. Fred, Fred, I cannot tell you the first <laughs> question we get every single time we have a sales call is, okay, so where are you getting your content anyway? Who's reviewing it? And when I say Harvard Medical School, that's, that wraps up that part of the conversation. Right, right. That's fantastic. So, you know, you've, you've gotten a lot of people on their toes now in the industry, uh, there's this whole growth into pop health and creating healthy communities and employers are still looking for things. Where does the industry go or where should companies be looking to go in the next five years to actually do something worthwhile? Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to, once again, this is the integrity segment. I'm not going to tell you that Quizify is going to solve all the problems, but if you're trying to create a culture of health, you got to have a culture of health literacy if you put uh, a number of programs in place, uh, whether they're screening according to guidelines or whether they're optional things that employees can opt into, you, you need some kind of um, overarching way that employees are gonna find out about this stuff. And Quizify does that as well. You can customize questions and that kind of thing. But I think generally speaking, where the industry is going is there, there are a lot of programs out there. The ones that are gonna survive are gonna be the ones that Ultimately, the employees are going to be voting for uh, with their, you know, the, the way they go. And ultimately, I think there's going to be a lot less of this prying, poking and prodding and a lot more of making the workplace an attractive place to be. And um, so I would not want to be in the screening business right now. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that insight. And let me ask you this question. Are you... As you begin to get these results, as you say, you've got this anecdotal data coming in, you're hoping it comes in, but you're, you're honestly uh, telling us where you're at right now. Will you publish this? Will you put it out so others can see what, what happened, good or bad? Well, we, we, yeah, we will certainly. In fact, you can. we, we put out our, our reports right now. We, we, um, uh, you know, we take off names and send them to essentially whoever wants, but anyone who wants them. In terms of of uh, publishing, you know, we will certainly be publishing in the lay press. We'll probably be publishing the academic press at some point, but as you know, there's a, a long lead time on that. So uh, I think we're going to probably follow the lead of, you know, of most other vendors and do the lay press. The difference is that all of our numbers will add up and they'll be validated by the Validation Institute. 
Great. I think it would be interesting to see how this works because it is a, it is a unique and different approach. And uh, clearly anything that can move the needle even a little bit to show a positive return. It seems like everything we put on in healthcare is additive. Oh, let me put this product in. Yeah, it's going to cost you more, but it's another product. Yeah. You know, who's going to come in here and actually take some of those costs out of the system is where we need to get to. Yes, no, I, I agree. In fact, if you look at uh, the Connecticut wellness program, which was just in health affairs, they not only lost every dollar they spent on wellness, their costs actually went up uh, beyond that. So just not losing money will put us ahead of the game. We can, you know, we can guarantee that from the get go. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Al, it's really been a, a great uh, opportunity to talk to you again. And, and by the way, you, you keep in shape by playing ultimate Frisbee, right? Yes, and if any, there are any listeners in the Boston area who are, you know, 50 or over, uh, so I can still keep up with you at age 60, you're welcome to join our game. And in fact, I believe one of your listeners already has. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on Pop Health Week. I'll turn it over to Greg. Well, thank you. Oh, that, was, yeah, that was great. Very insightful and amusing as always, Al. Thank you. And that will have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank our special guest, Al Lewis, for his time and many insights today uh, if you want to learn the secret to saving money on health care spend less that's copy on the Quiz- quizify website quizify teaches employees how to buy and use health care do follow quizify and that's q-u-i-z-z-i-f-y on twitter via at quizify and check them out on the web www.quizify.com so until we meet again on pop health week the for, for fred goldstein this is Greg Masters saying, bye now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.